There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the do I. Welcome to episode 103 of the Power Court Hour podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you with the April 2022 rundown of the show. I cannot believe we are now 103 episodes into this here podcast. Absolutely insane. It still feels like just like yesterday, I guess, that like I was like, oh, I should probably do a podcast, you know, doing the radio show, but being like, you know, maybe we should do a podcast too. Maybe we'd reach more people if I did a radio show and a podcast. But, uh, I mean, goddamn, we're like two and a half years in now. And, uh, and even, I mean, just this year, I can't believe we're already at the end of April. And like, I start thinking about that and yeah, it was not just yesterday that I, that I, uh, started this podcast. Not, not at all. <laughs> I, uh, the radio show, we, uh, we celebrated the hundredth episode back in May, 2018. So, I mean, that one we we've celebrated twice now, but, uh, you know, the radio show at some point, I'm kind of like, all right, you know, it's, we've been doing it for six years now, you know, in some ways it feels like yesterday, but a lot less than the podcast does. Cause obviously I mean, we've been doing it like three times as long, but, uh, you know, just with the podcast, that's a whole nother one where it's like, I'm, I'm now like hitting milestones that I hit with the radio show, you know? So it's not even like my first time around, at least the first time around. It's like, you know, I've never had a, never, not a real radio show. I did, I did, a. I had like podcasts with friends when I was younger and did some uh, like little segments on college radio when I was in college and stuff. I mean, Power Court Hour is definitely like my first real show and, uh, you know, like like hitting some of those milestones for the first time, which is crazy. But now doing it a second time with uh, with this one is, is another one. Where I'm just like, oh, my God, like we're doing it all over again. We we're actually supposed to have and I got to say, I had, I had John Beauvoir for our hundredth episode and is, is an all time guest. That was one of my favorite, favorite interviews I've done all year. And like of all time, he was so much fun. Could have talked to him forever. We were, uh, we were originally going to have Jason Camacho actually of audio karate. He was our guest for the hundredth episode of the radio show. And, uh, scheduling wise, we just couldn't really make it work. And, uh, we were coming up on that hundredth episode real quick. And it was like, you know, we can't, can't really keep putting it off. Like I didn't want to be like, okay, well let's not do an episode for a week or two. You know, and then and then do episode 100 later. So that uh, sadly didn't work out. I'd love to have him back on, kind of for his uh, for his second hundredth episode. But uh, I think it I think it worked out really well. And uh, you know, Jean's someone who I wanted on for a very long time. But I even time it for him to be the hundredth episode. The uh, well, yeah, the uh, guest on the hundredth episode, which I thought was cool. He's an absolute legend there. So I mean, a, a a cool one to have on for your hundredth episode. But really, I mean, it could have. I mean, if like, you know, interview dates were a little different or like something was just a little off. I mean, my hundredth episode could have been Jeremy Porter. It could have been Leo from Reminders. It could have been Barely Blind. You know, it could have been any of the other guests that I had on in April. But uh, Jean Bouvoir, it worked out. And I had such a fun time with him. I mean, if you've not heard the hundredth uh, episode, just go back a few episodes and uh, listen to that. I mean, my God, there there's so much to talk to someone like that about. I mean, multiple, the, the guy's been doing it since the 70s. You know what I mean? And like, since he was like 15 years old. So there is, 
there's so many eras. There's different parts of his life. You know, he, he, here's him as a front man. Here's him as a music director. Here's him as a bass player. Here's him as a producer. Here's him working like more behind the scenes in the music industry, like more on the business side. Like he's done it all and seen it all. And uh, those are my favorite people to interview because it's just you can take it so many places. There's there's not like just one definitive thing you got to talk about. And uh, which at the same time. I think some people want you to talk about, like, when I ask people, like, hey, I'm talking to Jean Bouvoir, like, any any questions, you know, one of the biggest ones I would say is plasmatics. I will I will say to this day, um, I mean, at least for me, for people who wanted me to ask certain things, I got a lot of plasmatic questions, and uh, I got to some of them, but I, that is the one thing about someone who's done so much like that, is focusing on one thing. I almost try not to. I mean, I guess if you're... If you're specifically doing, you know, if I interviewed him and it was like the album anniversary for like the Ramones brain drain, you know, we would talk a lot about the Ramones, but, uh, like, like with something like this, it's like, you almost want to touch base on everything and get in a little bit, but like, you know, kind of jump to the next thing. Now, music production, I went full fucking in on that, that, uh, that is definitely what we talked about the most, but, uh, that was kind of where the conversation was going and it was so much fun because he was really like he was, uh, he was indulging me. Like I would ask, I would ask these questions. He would give me like great answers, get very in depth, you know, like the producing process, what he liked, what he didn't like, you know, the difference of like, you know, producing a band who really doesn't have a defined sound versus producing like kiss or the Ramones in the eighties after they'd already been around a decade plus And you'd already kind of had a sound, uh, just all those things, like so much fun talking to him. And uh, that was a really, really good way for a you know hundredth episode. I loved. I would have loved to have Jason Camacho on. I'm sure we'll have him on in the future. But uh, I was very happy that uh, Jean Bouvoir got to be our uh, on our hundredth episode. I keep trying to say. I keep going to say hundredth guest, and I definitely haven't had a hundred guests on the show in the uh, six years of our existence. I, I've had a lot of guests. I can tell you without even counting. I definitely haven't had a hundred. I mean, maybe I don't know. I have to count that out. I did it. I did it like, I want to say like a year and a half ago, I sat down, not, I, I knew I was doing the podcast by that point because a good chunk of the guests were a podcast guest, but I, I did look this, I did like count all the people I've had on my show before once, and uh, I think I was hitting like 30, but that was also, I mean, a year and a half ago, I've, I've gotten a lot more consistent with having guests almost weekly, so I mean, we're, we're probably like 50, 50 plus, but I don't, I don't think we're at 100 yet. I will, uh, then I'll have to do the math and then our hundredth guest will have to be, uh, someone really big. That'll be, that'll be pretty cool. But, uh, who knows that that might be, I, I want to say it's a long way away, but again, I don't really know the numbers. So I could crunch some numbers right now and go, Oh shit, we're like 98 guests in. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I'll have to figure that one out. And, uh, you know, speaking of past guests and, uh, also like all time ones, you know, Jean Bouvoir was up there. Another one this year, I mean, a lot of my favorite interviews like of all time have been happening this year. I got to say, I've been very, very lucky. And hopefully as the listeners, you've enjoyed the people I've had on. But this year, I've had some amazing guests. And uh, this, we aired it back in March, so not April. But uh, obviously, John Jughead Pearson talked about it a million times. He's on the show. One of my favorite interviews this year and of all time. The man is a legend. But uh, very cool. What he did in April was he actually recasted our uh, episode on his Jughead's Basement, his podcast feed, which uh, I I mean, I really I was like, oh, man, like, thank you so much. Like, it was really nice. I mean, not only does, did he like the interview enough where it's like, I want to share this with uh, with everyone. I mean, he told me it was like one of his favorites or one of the best interviews ever done. And 
you know, I mean, people tell you that sometimes and it's like, I was, I was flattered, but you know, I didn't, I didn't take too much out of it. Cause I'm like, you know, it'd be nice, but, uh, you know, he had some really, you know, after he told me that he recasted this and, uh, he did like his own intro and stuff. Like he came on and talked before, uh, you know, airing our interview and stuff, but like such nice things to say about me, like absolutely surreal to, uh, you know, not just, not just like email back and forth and him like, oh yeah, you know, like that was one of the best and like this and that, but like hearing, John Jughead, like a huge influence on me, you know, one of my favorite guests I've had on the show, just an all around great guy, you know, just speaking accolades of the power court hour and uh, me as an interviewer and a guest or a host and everything really, really cool. I, uh, you know, I can't thank him enough for that too, because look at Jughead's basement. Let's just be real here. Jughead's basement has a lot more listeners than the power court hour does like the guitar player from screeching weasel definitely has more listeners. There's no there's no doubt in my mind that that's true. And, uh, you know, so it's like he's getting more eyes or ears, I should say, on it, which uh, I greatly appreciate. I really not only do I appreciate him thinking it was good enough to recast it like that. Um, also, the fact that he would and uh, help me get some exposure. So that was very, very cool, too. He He's just such he's like like truly not just a good guest, but like truly a great guy, like to just talk to. And like, you know, just pick his brain even after the interview, before the interview, like, you know, so he just, know, I think he also knows like the impact that he has had on people. I mean, myself included where like, I, I think he, uh, I don't know. I think you almost get something out of that. Cause I've talked to a few people like that who were huge influences on me and still are, but are also people who generally are like big influences on people. You know, like I've had a few of them in the past on here. And, uh, you know, they're used to people going like, oh, you know, this record changed my life or, you know, your music changed my life. Or, you influenced me to play drums or bass or guitar, or write songs like whatever. But I think I think if you're a, if I don't know, modest or whatever or just a good person, like when you're in that position, I think you do learn how to handle it and not even like fanboying out. Like I never really fanboyed out on John. You know, it's not like we got on uh, on Skype and I'm like, oh, my God, like I fucking love you and stuff like nothing like that. But like I think he knows that I'm genuinely a fan, that I really like his music and stuff. And I, I think he knows how to be, I don't know, I don't know the word that I want to, that I want to use welcoming or warming or whatever, where you feel comfortable to be like, oh my God, you know, tell, tell someone that because some people have that standoffishness where you may not want to go up to them and go, oh my God, you know, you're a huge influence on me, this and that. Whereas, you know, someone like John Victor comes to mind too, Victor DiLorenzo, I mean, original Violent Femmes drummer, Another one, I mean, how many bands has Violent Femmes influenced? You know, how many people started playing drums because of Victor? And uh, he has another one where it's like, there's this there's this welcomingness that, you know, I'm sure you you get from years of people being that way where it's like, you, you're not, you're not someone who like, you look at the, you just look at that person and go, oh, I better not ask them a question or I better not tell them that their music means something like that. You know, sadly, there are people like that. But uh, in really, in my experience, everyone has been so fucking cool has been on the show and uh, yeah, Jughead, Jughead was definitely that way and was so fun to talk to. Uh, really funny too. He put up, you get, I mean, go follow for one, go follow Jughead's basement. It's his, uh, his podcast, go listen to his podcast too. Really, really good. He gets some really amazing guests on there, but, uh, and that was uh, like, like total honor to be a part of, you know, to recast it on there, uh, you know, on a podcast who has some really, really like, I mean, that guy, again, I mean, when you're John Jughead, like you're going to get some cool guests that might not even do other shows. And he's had some amazing ones on there. And John is also 
really good at interviewing people. He's a really good host. He's good at asking questions. Like he's good on that side too of it. Like he's really honestly good at. It. So if you've never checked out the podcast, go check that out. And uh, one of the cool things on uh, on like his Instagram page and stuff, every week he'll he'll kind of put up like an image teaser or whatever, the album art for the episode, whatever. And uh, it's always like him at the bottom of the of the image, like looking up at that week's guest. So he had this great idea. He emailed me and he's like, hey, like, do you think you could take a picture of yourself doing that pose that I do normally in these? And and then we and then he did one. And again, it's normally him looking up at the guest. But on this one, it's me where Jughead normally is. And I'm looking up at him. And uh, it's hilarious because I, I I took a bunch like he was like, hey, if you don't mind, I was like, the second I saw it, which was funny, it was also like 1 a.m. and I was laying down to go to sleep. But again, when John Jughead emails you and he goes, hey, like, you know, would you, if you could, like, would you mind taking a picture in this pose, you know, kind of copying me so I can so I can do like a parody version? I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like got up, got dressed, went into the bathroom, got like got the right lighting, played with it, probably took like 40 pictures. That was the other thing, too. At, like 1 a.m., I'm sending Jughead an email with probably like. 40 images of me, just 40 selfies of me and, and me in like different but similar poses. So I'm like, here's this angle, here's this one. I'm holding my chin in this one. I'm looking this way in this one. Like I gave them options and uh and what came out was really cool. I, I gotta laugh at that. So if you haven't seen that, go uh to Jughead's basement on Instagram. Really all all of uh I think Facebook and Twitter too, but I feel like Instagram's easiest to find it. And uh, you'll see that picture of him normally where the guest is and me where Jughead normally is looking up at him. And uh, I thought that was very funny. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a nice way to start April, honestly. I think he uh, he released that, like, first week of April. And, again, like, just getting to listen to it and, like, you know, hearing this guy who you've been listening to since high school. Like, I, I, I remembered not too long ago, and maybe I said it on here, but, like, one day it just hit me, I'm like, Oh shit, like the first day of 12th grade, I remember wearing my screeching weasel shirt, like the low, you know, like with the, with the, you know, the weasel logo with the cigarette and everything. And uh, just thinking of shit like that, where it's like, oh my God. And now like, you know, the the guy who like found that band, you know, the one who's on all those quintessential records, played guitar on all those, you know, iconic pop punk songs. It's like, here he is speaking accolades to me on his podcast. Fucking nuts. Just absolutely fucking nuts. Really cool. Really, uh, that put a smile on my face. I was, uh. I was really into that. You know, also, too, this is kind of funny. I, I put it on the Power Quit Hour Twitter page not too long ago, but I was listening to uh, My Brain Hurts, speaking of Jughead, and uh, listening to Teenage Freak Show, which uh, it kind of hit me. I was listening to it, and I'm like, Cheshire Cat era Blink-182 would have covered the shit out of that song. Like, I'm listening to it going, I can imagine, I, I see Mark doing the lead vocals and then Tom coming in in the uh, choruses with that backing, it's a teenage freak show. And then also at the end, those like, those like little wah-ah-ah-ohs, like those and stuff, that would probably be Tom as well. And uh, I I think they could have absolutely killed that song. Obviously, they did uh, cover The Girl Next Door. I mean, they covered Screeching Weasel. And honestly, I mean, Buddha is basically a Screeching Weasel cover album. <laughs> you know, like, like Screeching Weasel's influence is all over Blink, like, for years, I mean, I, I would say by like self-titled, they started shedding some of you know the the influence you would hear from them, but like specifically like Cheshire Cat, Buddha into like Dude Ranch, it's like, I mean, it, there's no way you can't listen to that and go, yeah, Tom DeLonge was listening to to Screeching Weasel and John Jughead, you know, his guitar playing and all that, like 100, percent he was listening to him, huge influence, like you can't hear that 
and go, oh, it's just a coincidence, you know, and not that not that Tom would ever say otherwise. Again, they you know, they were covering Screeching Weasel way back in the day. But I was just listening to Teenage Freak Show and I'm like, you know, really like specifically to Cheshire Cat era. Like I even in my head, I even could think of the era and I'm like, that's that's the one like they really could have covered the hell out of that, whether it was live or recording it. Like, I think that would have been such an amazing uh, cover for sure. But yeah, uh, again, really fucking cool of uh, Jughead to recast our episode. Really, really fun interview. And next time we have Mon, though, I gotta, I gotta use like uh, StreamYard or something besides Skype because I do realize the auto, the audio quality in that one was not the world's greatest. Not, not the world's greatest audio quality on that. I, uh, I ended up using actually StreamYard to uh, talk to Leo Dyke of Reminders. He was our, uh, he was our last interview for the month of April. And, uh, he was so much fun. That was, uh, that was a really good one as well too. Like, like no lie reminders, debut record, best of beach punk, which that's what we talked about and everything. I mean, it's my favorite album of the year so far. It really is. Like, I, I don't know who knows, maybe it'll end up being number one. I mean, that was like with the dirty nil last year with fuck art. Like it came out January 1st and I'm like, it's my favorite album of the year. And like the year kept going and I'm like, you know, I wonder someone's going to knock it out of its place. And then it's like, you get to a point where you're like, no, I don't think anything's knocking this out of its place. I just think this is the best album of the year. And uh, so far reminders has that. I got to say like this album, I was kind of telling Leo that, but like, I think what they have going for him is they have that, 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 you know, nineties skate punk influence, you know, green day blank, uh, you know, I mean, any the fat records roster, like anything from back then that you can think of. I, I feel like those dudes probably listen to, I mean, rancid's a huge one for them, but what I also think they have is they have a knack for just catchy songs, good melody where it's like, I could see this band getting radio airplay, like, like, like big radio airplay. You know, I play it on my radio show, but I mean, not just like college stations and like smut, you know, like, like me, I play things like that. I'll play punk music and different weird things you won't hear on other stations, but I'm talking like top 40 and things like that. I really think they would have a chance. I mean, like, you know, not, not too different from like a Blink-182 or something where, you know, it can kind of appeal to both sides. And, uh, I, I really could see them being a gateway for a lot of people who maybe, you know, maybe they know like Blink and Green Day, but like don't know the rancid side or the Operation Ivies or, you know, any of the other great bands that me and Leo were talking about, but they hear reminders and they end up going back and finding all that stuff, you know? And that was the other thing we were talking about is how that's how me and him both find so many great bands is you look at the bands that you love and you go see what they were listening to growing up. And, uh, I think that's like, it really is the best way to find music. And, uh, that was a great thing. Just talking to him, getting to talk to about the album. And like, I'm telling you, the UK is like dominating the best music this year. I mean, I'm telling with reminders, grade two is working on a record. Love breakers are working on a record. Like both of those bands will have albums out this year. Uh, actually love breakers and grade two are on tour with a uh, social distortion or they're about to be over in the UK. Like you, you really got to keep your ear over to there because I'm telling you the best shit going on right now is coming from the UK. Like mark my words, like the best albums of 2022 even last year love breakers with their debut um you know that was that was a killer one from 2021 that was that was definitely in the uh you know top 10 best records of last year and i i think they're probably gonna even outdo themselves on the second one because even just interviewing them like they seem to have like you know they weren't they weren't like oh because i think some people go into their second record you know and you are afraid of of if it could be a sophomore slump or won't be as good as the first one but they seemed really fucking into what they're doing and they seemed really like 
they were they were pumped on it and had a confidence where I go like, oh, I, I think, and that that was early on. I mean, I, I they've obviously gone much further into it now too, but even then they seem to believe in it so much. And I'm like, oh, okay, like they're on they're on the right track for another one. Yeah, that first album's great, but they're on the right track to like probably outdo themselves on the next one. So uh, yeah, I mean, keep your keep your ears for uh, keep them out for grade two and love breakers. And if you haven't listened to that reminders record yet, best of beach punk. I mean, you got to go listen to that thing. It is, uh, I do love it too. We discussed it. It's like, it's 10 songs. It's like 24, 25 minutes long. It's like the perfect record to just like, just whatever you're doing. Cause it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like, it's in and out. And you know, the songs are so catchy that by like the third listen, you'll already know them all where it's like, you know, like I listen to it now in, in anticipation for the next coming song. And like, I know, and then I know when I'm like to track eight and I'm like, all right, there's one more. And then it's a closer, you know, all, all those kinds of things. It's uh, it's just a fun, quick listen. And uh, the weather's been shitty around me lately, but we did have one or two good days of like, you know, where you could like go, go drive around the windows down and just listen to some good fucking music. And uh, it is definitely a summertime record. I mean, even the name best of beach punk can probably tell you that it, it's a little summertimey. And, uh, it is, it's, uh, I think it's going to be a really, it's going to be heavy rotation for like summer road trips for me this year. And, uh, you know, just, just driving around and stuff. It's definitely going to be something I'm going to be playing the hell out of. It is, uh, it's just so good. Like it's the perfect balance of pop punk, punk rock, but also being like catchy, a little pop rock, you know, well-produced, really good, like sonically sounds really nice. Uh, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about them. I and mean, I'm excited. I'm excited when I get to talk to people like that early on, you know, like with reminders on their first record, I got to talk to love breakers on their first record. You know, I was talking to Leo. We'll probably have some of the dudes in grade two on, uh, down the road. You know, he knows all those guys and he's friends with them. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to get to talk to them all and hopefully get to see them all come play the States at some point. That would be hell of a tour with uh, reminders grade two and love breakers. I mean, again, and I, I keep, cause those are the three that I really love at the moment, but there's tons of others too. You know, like there's definitely other bands over there that are doing really well right now. But, uh, those are my big three. That's the Holy Trinity in your buddy. Anthony's opinion is, uh, is right there with them. So, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Leo will be back on. I'm sure love breakers will be back on. And, uh, you know, some of the grade two dudes, they'll, uh, they'll be on for their first one. And uh, I'm looking forward to it when that day comes. And who else did we have on this uh, month? We also had Jeremy Porter of Jeremy Porter and the Tucos. That was a really fun one to uh, talk to him. You know, he's played Jamestown a few times. And you don't get a lot of people who have uh, played in this area. So when you do, it's really neat to get to talk to them, including when they know the places. Like, they know the wine cellar and they know mojos and stuff like that. Like, my aunt, my uh, aunt and uncle used to own mojos. Like, when he played, it doesn't exist anymore. I mean, they owned it the whole time, but... Uh, you know, like just things like that where it's like, oh yeah, I played there. I'm like, it's so funny where you go, people never play Jamestown. Then this guy's now I played Jamestown, but like, he's probably met my aunt and uncle and played their bar and stuff, you know, like really, uh, really cool. He's, he's a solid dude. He was another one was really fun to talk music. Cause I also feel like, I feel like with me and him too, we got to discuss because he does, not only does he play music, but he writes about it and stuff too. He does reviews, he reviews shows, he reviews albums, you know, he, he, he's a he's like a music journalist too so it's like we could talk about his music but we could also get sidetracked and just talk about either other artists or just music in general and like you know he had you know like obviously well thought out opinions things he's probably written and thought about before and uh he was a blast to talk to he was uh he was really cool i'm i'm surprised it took as long to get him on he's uh he's one of those guys you know some people 
some people it's funny and you'll hear me in the interviews where I go like I can't believe it's taking this long to have you on but it's like there's a lot of artists who I'll correspond with like throughout the years but like more for like music and stuff like you know he'll shoot me music when he has it and we'll chat and stuff like we've definitely talked before you know not on microphone but uh yeah it's like sometimes I just you know again I'm I uh and I've said it before like there's people who would have been a no-brainer to have on way sooner and uh, it took forever to have him on just, you know, to know and nothing real. It's not like it was a personal thing. It's not always like, oh, fuck this guy. I'm not having him on or anything. It's just like either I had a guest on at a certain time or it didn't cross my mind or maybe it did at one point. But then I started doing other stuff. You know, that stuff happens all the time. I mean, there's there's been throughout the years. There is so many guests who were like supposed to be on the show who just and again, like nothing bad. It was just time, you know, schedules didn't work. And then eventually, you know, you start, you stop circling around. You know, you might ask once or twice, but it's like, and people are busy too. There's a, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I do interviews now too over at a 107.9 WRFA, the uh, radio station that airs the power court hour, but I uh, work over there now and I'm, I'm the host of a couple of different shows. So I'm doing uh ton. I mean, I'm doing interviews for the power court hour, but I'm also doing interviews for two other shows. So, I mean, there's weeks now where uh, I I can have like five interviews in a week. I mean, sometimes more. Uh, the show I do, Arts on Fire, I uh, this this last week here on uh, last Friday, I had four guests on in the hour. Like I uh, and it was funny because I did them everywhere. I had someone in studio, and then I drove to the other two, which was really cool. The one was really neat because I uh, I got to interview the uh, head of the music department at uh, Jamestown Community College, and uh, I was there for three years. He he was coming in as I was leaving, so it's funny like. I met him once in 2014 to like borrow an upright bass. Like I was like, can I like get in here and, and use this? And that's like, that might be the only interaction we ever had. And now, uh, now doing this, you know, I've talked to him a few times about new events and stuff going on at the uh, school and the performances from the music department. And I got to go in and get a tour cause they renovated the, uh, the whole place from, I mean, last time I saw it was when I was there in 2014. And, uh, and that's actually the one I I've talked about many times on here that uh at, at Jamestown Community College where that was my graduation that I skipped to uh drive seven hours to go to Skate and Surf 2014 to go see uh, Midtown Reunite and go see Hidden in Plain View but uh it was so cool to get to go back and see it and like it it was like in such good shape because sometimes you worry with I mean just including I think like in in music and arts and stuff that like you know, the music and arts department and schools and stuff might go away or, you know, lose funding or this or that. But I went back. I mean, the facilities were, I mean, and I, I liked it when I was there. Like, you know, I loved my time there and everything. And the facilities were uh, cool then, but like they really like, it's really nice. Like it is so nice. And to get to go back and be like, Oh, okay. Like it's running strong. Like, it's not like you go down there. And it's like the music department's on its last legs. It's like, Oh man, like this thing looks like it's stronger than it was when I was here which, uh, that's what you want. You know what I mean? You want to, you want to leave it better than you found it basically. And, uh, to get to come back and see that was really cool. And, and it's free rad too, that like, I need to do that for my job. Like I got paid to like go down there and interview the, uh, the head of the music department and like get a tour of the place. Like that's, that's the kind of, I don't know. That's the stuff that always like, it puts a smile on my face. I think like radio, it's silly things, but I go like, I did the same thing when I interviewed Steven Jenkins from Third Eye Blind. Like it was like a five minute phone interview. Like it wasn't anything crazy, but it's like I paid money to talk to the singer of Third Eye Blind. What a wild, like what a wild thing to make money for doing for like getting on the phone for five minutes and discussing, you know, their self-titled record. Like, you know, just asking the guy, like, you remember the first time you heard Third Eye Blind on the radio? Like things like that. It, uh, you know, I, and I don't take that stuff for granted. I think it's also very rad. That's also why I, uh, do this kind of stuff. Same with the power chord hour. I mean, this stuff's a labor of love. You know, I don't, I don't really get paid for the power chord hour. 
And uh, but I also look at it, I'm like, you know, the second I stopped doing it, I would I would want to do it again. You know what I mean? It's just kind of one of those things where it's like. I, I'm sure there's there's people in bands who've been doing it forever where like there's part of them where it's like, you know, there's days where I just want to quit. I just want to give it up. But it's like three days later, they'll be like picking up their guitar, playing those songs again. You know what I mean? Like you, there's that part of you where it's like you might want to go away for a little break at times. Like maybe you need to like, you know, just take a rest and rejuvenate. But like to just not do it at all, I think you start missing it. Like I would definitely I would definitely be bummed if I wasn't doing this show like you know, I didn't care if I ever make another cent on it. It's like, I think I'd get, I'd get sad that I couldn't, you know, like talk to some of these musicians for like two hours and ask them all these questions and like, and same with the radio show, like just get to spin that music that I play and everything. It's uh it's too fun not to do. And actually speaking of the radio show and uh, doing cool shit this Friday, if you're listening before, uh, oh man, what is Friday? May 6th. If you, uh, if you're listening to this before then, we are kicking off May with an all Alkaline Trio playlist. Four hours of Alkaline Trio this Friday night on the Power Court Hour. And uh, you can tune in 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. You can also stream the station at WRFALP.com. You'll see the listen button when you go there. You can stream it. And uh, yeah, I have it. I have the whole playlist set. I originally was thinking about throwing in a couple side projects and stuff too. Maybe I'd play like a Tuesday song or a Matt Skiba in the secrets, you know, something off. Like I really like Derek Grant's solo record that he did like six or seven years ago. And, uh, you know, I don't think that one gets enough attention. Play something off that. But honestly, I started doing the playlist and like right away, I already hit like, you know, how many songs I could probably fit without going over, you know, the four hours and still being able to like talk and go to break at the top of the hour and everything, all, all the kind of stuff I got to think about. And uh, yeah, I ended up just being straight up Alkaline Trio. It's not like Alkaline Trio and side projects. It's just straight up Alkaline Trio. It's just four hours of me talking at Alkaline Trio. And uh, that's going to be a really fun one. I can't wait to do that. But uh, yeah, if you're haven't, if you if you listening to this and it's not 8 p.m. Eastern yet, uh, you still got a chance. That is, that is, again, Friday, May 6th, 8 to midnight Eastern on the uh, radio show. And I'm looking forward to uh, kicking off May with that one. And we have some pretty cool guests coming up in May, too. I uh, Actually, tomorrow, I'm recording this Saturday, the uh, the last day of April, actually. How fitting. Uh, tomorrow, I'm talking to Tony of the band Fastball, which uh, I'm very excited for. They just put out, uh, back in March, I think it came out, their uh, new EP. It's called Soundtrack, and uh, I absolutely love it. I mean, everyone, I feel like everyone knows Fastball from the way and out of my head. I mean, those songs, like, to this day, those are like Third Eye Blind territory where it's like, I don't care what year it is. You haven't went a year without hearing a song from them on the radio. Like you'll you'll hear something. Like if you go through, the, if you flip through the radio all day, at some point you'll probably hear "Semi Charmed Life" on some station, and you'll probably hear "The Way" on another station. Like there's, that's just how it works. Those songs are like forever. They just go forever, and uh, which I still like them. I think I think both those songs hold up really well. And I think including, I think it's cool too that like a band like that in the '90s could be on a major label, and those could be like bona fide hits because that's like some straight up power pop, like singer songwriter stuff, like you know the like big star and Elvis Costello kind of you know kind of deal. But like probably five years ago, I saw Fastball open for Everclear, and uh, and again, like I was familiar with Fastball's like singles, like I, I you know I knew a handful of songs, but after seeing them live, not only were they amazing live, but like. I was like seeing them that way and hearing those songs. I was like, oh man, like this is just a solid like rock band, you know, who also like uh, have a nod to like punk, you know what I mean? Like there's moments where you can tell that like I'm I'm sure they listen to uh 
I'm sure there's a couple punk records in their in their collection, you know, kind of thing where it's like they'll do big star, but just like the replacements, you'll you'll hear a little something else thrown in there as well. And uh, I've definitely become a fan in like the last five years since seeing them live, and just realizing how strong their catalog is. You know, I mean, the, you know, those singles are great, but like they're definitely a band that I would uh, I would implore you to go check out more if you've never, you know, if you heard the name, you know, those songs, but that's all you know from them. I would definitely go through. And uh, and listen to all the albums, even even that one that all the hits are on, uh, all the pain that money can buy, is such a great pop, you know, like a power pop record. Like I mean, just those dudes have such a sense for like melody. Like they're one of those bands who write those melodies where you go, this hat, like I've heard this before. Like you'll hear it for the first time, but you're like, it sounds like something you've been listening to for like decades. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like like a melody from a song that you you know originally from the '60s or something like that kind of stuff. Which uh, I always love talking to people like that. I'm really looking forward to talking to uh, Tony because I just I feel like, and you know, again, I feel like I don't know, but uh, he seems like someone who you could really get in depth with, like, you know, just a songwriting process, influences, you know, his influences for melody, all that stuff. You know, I gotta ask him about, like, you know, I hear Big Star all over Fastball. I'm assuming they're fans, but I gotta ask him that. I gotta know about Big Star. You know, probably some replacements talk. They did a solid cover in it of Androgynous back in the 90s. And what I love about it is normally when people cover Androgynous, uh, you know, they do it They do it pretty straightforward. You know, they keep it kind of like a piano, kind of piano ballad in a way. And uh, I was kind of expecting, like, if you were going to go hear a cover of that from Fastball, because they got piano and stuff, you'd kind of expect that. But it's more of a, like, garage rock, punky version of it, which uh, I love. It almost sounds like... A band like the it's almost like a replacements version of a replacement song. Like you know, if Androgynous was like a faster song on like Sorry Ma forgot to take out the trash, kind of like that. So uh, you know, those kinds of things I'm sure will come up. But I'm uh, I got most of my questions ready, but I'm sure I'll keep writing and listening to Fastball for the rest of uh, rest of the evening to get ready for tomorrow's. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that. I uh, who else do I have? I have a couple others lined up for uh may and i won't i won't give them away yet i'll uh i'll, I'll wait till they're uh i'm always hesitant of like i'm okay with, like tony i'm like we got it all we got situated like a day ago like you know like a day ago they're like okay yeah like yeah that works plus fastball retweeted me it was like hey like anyone got questions and stuff so i think we're set for it but i have a couple others in the chamber and there's actually one that uh is very different from i i feel like anyone i've ever had on the show but uh, I am really excited for it because it's someone who I like. I absolutely love. Not in they're far from being in the punk realm, right? More like the folk singer songwriter realm from like the '60s and '70s. Like we're going way back. But uh, I was I was uh, contacted about doing an interview, and I was like, oh my god, like fuck yes. So uh, I'll keep that under wraps for now. Uh, you know, we haven't planned a date or anything yet. But I will tell you, we have a couple repeat guests coming up in May, which I'm looking forward to. I uh, I will be talking to the stereo. I will tell you that, which I mean, that's probably a given. I mean, I I, I feel like I was always going to have them back on. Me and Jamie were talking about him returning last summer when we were, uh, you know, when he announced on here that the new record was coming out. So it's like obviously you got to come back for the new record. So him and Rory will be on this time. I'm really excited for that. I mean, I Rory is an amazing musician. You know, outside of the stereo, I'm a I love the Impossibles. Huge Impossibles fan. And uh, I'm excited to talk to them both. And I really enjoy that uh, Kings of No Hope podcast that, uh, you know, all the members of Stereo did. But that was Rory's brainchild. I mean, he produced it, put it together, did all of that. And he did a really, really good, good uh, job on it. Really fine, uh, 
find production there if you've never heard that podcast. So I'm sure we'll talk about that, talk about the new album. And uh, I got a million questions already already like flying around in my head for them. And uh, I got another one. I'm talking to Dylan Flynn uh, next Thursday from the Past the Bass campaign, who uh, I had on, he was like an early guest on the Power Court Hour. We're talking like five years ago I had him on. And uh, I met him actually at a Menzinger show when they were uh, touring for After the Party. And uh, so really, and actually you can go, if you want to hear this before then, I might end up putting it on the uh, podcast feed sometime soon. Because uh, that was an, initially I, I messaged him I'm like, hey, man, like, hope you're doing well. Like, would you care if I put this on the podcast feed? And then we started talking. It's like, why don't you just come back on? Like, it's been too long. Why don't you come back on and talk about the campaign and stuff? But like, I uh, I won't get too far into it. I'll let Dylan when we uh, when we talk, I'll let him like explain his story and his journey and everything. But, uh, you know, he had some brain injury. I believe he was in an accident like a car accident when he was like a teenager, maybe early twenties. And, uh, and again, like uh, some of the, some of the details are rusty. So I'm not going to sit here and, and tell it verbatim, you know, you'll hear it when he's on, but, uh, you know, sadly caused some brain injury that, you know, he's still dealing with, you know, decade or so later. And, uh, you know, it's definitely affected his life. And now he, he does this thing where he raises money for, uh, the brain injury injury association of America and uh, you know, fundraisers through selling these shirts and stuff, and he has all these uh, bands sign his bass, and a lot of them play the bass. That's how I found him at that Menzinger show. Uh, they're they're uh, oh man, what's his name? Not Joe. That's their drummer. Oh, I'm blanking on his name. The bass player of the Menzingers. He oh Kyle Kyle. Oh my God, why am I, I love the Menzingers. I don't know why I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But anyway. He uh, played he played Dylan's bass and on Irish Goodbye too, which is my that is one of my favorite Menzinger songs in a deep cut. Like I was so fucking stoked when they played that. I was losing my shit. I was like, I was I did not come to that show expecting to hear that song. Like, you know, they were touring on after the party. It came out a couple weeks earlier. You know, expecting a lot of like newer songs, stuff like that. Not a really random B side from a compilation from uh, you know, that came out like five years earlier. But uh, that was really cool to see him play Dylan's bass, and he's had some amazing people sign it, some amazing people play it, and uh, we have a lot to talk about because, again, he was on back in 2017, and uh, it's been a long time. So it would be cool to just talk to him about uh, the campaign and what he's doing, you know, and, again, get his story. I, I know I I know I didn't do a great job at getting too in-depth about it, but uh, you can find more. I mean, Pass the Bass is on, I believe he has a website. I know he's on Facebook and a couple different places, but uh, he's just a really good dude and has a campaign that really uh, is something special. I mean, he, he's out there really trying to help other people who have had brain injuries and uh, just a really nice guy. He's really he's really charming and funny. Like, I, I love talking to him. It, uh, like, like when we started messaging and stuff, too, it was like, why why has it been so long since you've been on? It's like, you're like, just fun to talk to. You're just funny, dude. Like, I enjoy talking to you. It's like, we just, you should be on more. So, uh Again, that's another one like I was saying earlier where it's like people kind of fall through the cracks on interviews where I'm like, I can't believe I have like Jeremy Porter on sooner. It's just like it happens. You know what I mean? It's nothing. It's not a personal thing where it's like, oh, I'm not having this guy on. It's like you just you either have interviews, you get busy with other things. I mean, life gets busy. Sometimes I just don't have guests on. You know, I've, I've gotten better this year, but there's definitely been times where it's like, you know, I've done a solo episode for a week or something. And, uh, you know, just things like that happen, but it, it, thankfully that's the nice thing about staying, you know, staying around for six years now is you have enough time to get those people back who you probably should have had on a couple years ago. And you also get to have the people return like that. Like the fact that I've been doing the show long enough where someone who hasn't been on for five years can come back on, you know, I mean, things like that are, are uh, crazy. I mean, we had Steve Neurotic. He was our first ever guest. 
And uh, he was on in 2016, and then he came back on in 2020. It was kind of the same thing. It's like, wow, that was forever. Though I will say, he was supposed to come on once or twice in between those, like, four years of that gap. And, uh, our, again, like, schedules just didn't – just ended up not working. But, I mean, there were a couple times he was supposed to come on. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be back on in the future. But, uh, yeah, it just happens. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes – then there's other ones. It's like I had Victor DiLorenzo on last September, then it came back in January. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like that. I've, uh, I've had a few guests recently who were already talking about our second one. Actually, like Jamie, like I was just saying with the stereo. You know, he was – Jamie Wolford was just on – in uh, I believe it was August. It was either late late July, early August. We aired that. I recorded it in July of last year. But uh, you know, another one like you know, within the within a year, he's back, which I'm excited for that because that was another really we had such a fun conversation, just me and him. And uh, I can imagine me, him, and Rory. It's gonna be. I mean, there's so much to talk about because both of those dudes too. We got so much into songwriting, and music production, and and theory and different things with uh, you know, with Jamie. And I feel like Rory's kind of the same. I don't know if he's like. You know, if he's like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like gets it where it's like he, uh, I, I don't know, like, like well-versed in it where he can talk theory and, and the ins and outs of things, you know, cause some people who you would think would, who are like, you know, I mean, songwriting geniuses or even producing geniuses or production geniuses or whatever, but like, you know, they don't know the theory side or they're not as, you know, some people you can ask like, what's your favorite microphone? And they'll go on for 20 minutes. Other people are like, I don't, you know, and you would think they would have like, you'd be like, oh, this person definitely will give you. And it's like, they're like, I don't, you know, I don't really have a preference. So I don't know. We'll find out with Rory. We'll see uh, where he lands on that, on that uh, scale. But like with Jamie, yeah, I mean, we talked just so much. There was uh, so much to get into about production, theory and songwriting and all that. And we did it like 90 minutes. So I, I'm sure we'll have another, another nice long one for you when I talk to Jamie and Rory, but I can't tell you how excited I am for that. I mean, that's another one where it's like, I love the stereo and the three singles that they've put out so far for 13 are so goddamn good. Like when they say it's a spiritual sequel to 300, like I'm all about it. Like some people, some people try to be like, yeah, this is a spiritual sequel of our most, you know, like well-known record or something. And it's like, okay, bullshit. This one truly is. This truly feels like what the follow-up probably would have been had uh you know Rory not been kicked out of the band like I mean had had he been around for the second album there's a good chance this is what it would have sounded like and I'm I'm totally for it it sounds so so good if you've not heard those yet and uh I will we'll play them next next uh month or uh in May I guess I should say depending on when you're listening to this it's weird because I realized this episode kind of the way that May ended I try to do these like towards the end of the month but then at the same time if like the you know like the last Monday of uh April was like last, you know, it was like, it was like almost a whole week ago where it was like, I don't know, it seemed too early to do the rundown. That's why, that's why we put the, uh, Leo interview there instead. But, uh, yeah, depending on when you're listening to this, yeah, the stereo interview will definitely get that out here in May and their record comes out on the 13th. So, uh, just another week or so. And I can't wait to hear the rest of it. I'm really excited for that. I was joke. I was laughing too, cause I, I emailed Jamie originally a couple days ago about the interview where it's like, Hey dude, like time to come back on. Like, let's promote it. But I was like, you know, I was going to hit you up for that Kickstarter, but it's like, you didn't need the help. Like you guys made, you hit every goal that you set. Like you reached every single goal, like a day after you put out like, Hey, now we're trying to raise this much. Like you didn't need my help one bit there. That's why I want. I'll kind of on the back end. It's like, I'll help, I'll help promote the record once it's out, but you didn't really need my help funding this Kickstarter like that. People want a stereo record. And because uh, I really did at one point, I was like, well, maybe we'll have them on early and we'll we'll talk about the record and, uh, you know, get get the word out on this Kickstarter page. But uh, 
Honestly, at some point I was like, you know what? I'll just mention the Kickstarter page on here and we'll have them on once the album's out. Cause like they don't, they don't need my, they don't need my assistance for this one at all, which uh, is not, not a bad thing. And I'm excited for it. I think we're going to get a really good one. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I got a, I got a few other guests in the chamber, but those are the ones I'll, uh, I'll tease for now. I won't, I won't tell you too much about the uh, other ones until until they happen or i have a little more i have, I have a few in in the chamber that are more uh we we've said yes but it's not like we have dates or anything yet so we'll uh we'll see on those ones all right it is that time of the episode for the april rundown of the show let's get into albums and songs released in april 2022 we got a couple here i mean it goes without saying the very first one i got on here is reminders best of beach punk i've been talking up this whole episode you know i I had so much fun talking to leo and stuff but i mean even even before that and i think i talked about this too on there and i told him it but i got like a promo of that record a couple months like a good couple months in advance like early in the year like like maybe late january so i've been listening to that album for quite a while, but like it just instantly hit me like right away. I was like the first, like the first listen of that record. I was like, Oh my God, like I can't wait for this to come out. Like I wanted, you just want to share it so badly and you can't, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's not, it's not ready for the world. It's not out yet, but it's like, you're just like, Oh my God, like people, people need to hear this. And uh, I can't say enough good things about it. So definitely go uh, check out reminders, best of beach punk. If you've not done that yet, cause you're fucking up, not doing it. And uh, we also got Tamar Burke with her new record, Start at the End. We got one from Def Lingo, which I'll play something off their new record here in a little bit. Their song, or their album, I should say, Lingonberry. And uh, the Linda Lindas with a new one, Growing Up. We got one hidden frame with their new record, I Am Not Here. I played something a few rundowns ago from them. Um, I think maybe like two months ago I played one of their songs. But really, really good, like, riffy pop punk, kind of like a Belvedere uh, maybe like a Willem scream, uh, some strung out in there, you know, like like a pop punk band who knows how to play their instruments. Some Mill and Colin, uh, just a really good band. Definitely go check them out. I really like them. Uh, mean Jeans with a new EP called Hits from the Bog. I'm excited. I'm gonna go see them. They're touring right now with the Chats and Thick, and I'm gonna be uh, seeing them in Cleveland. I think it's in a couple weeks here. I don't have my tickets yet, but I uh, I actually just got a car this month. I I was. My my last car was like it was a it was rusting so bad underneath that the uh, the rear tires were like literally just gonna pop the fuck off one day. Like I was gonna get hit a pothole and my tires were just coming off. Like that's how bad it was. We not passed New York State inspection, so uh, I've not been going to shows at all. And uh, you know now that I have a vehicle, I'm like itching to uh, go to shows. And now that I can go, I'm uh, I'm definitely uh, the chats. And Mean Jeans, I'm I'm all about that. I gotta go see that. So I'll be I'll be up there whenever that is. I know it's like I think two or three weeks away. I better figure that out, shouldn't I? Because what will happen as it has in the past is I'll sleep on a show and then I'll go, oh, when was that show? And then I'll look and it was like a week earlier. And uh, I don't want to do that. So I better I better look that up after this podcast. Uh, a, a new single from the Interrupters with their song In the Mirror. They got an upcoming record. I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but it is coming out soon. And uh, first one since 2018, which, uh, my God, it's been a while. But I loved I loved that last record. It was uh, Fight the Good Fight. Really, really good album. One of my favorites to this day of uh, 2018. That band is just so good at... And they also need... They deserve the credit because really, like, you think of, like, She's Kerosene and how big, how big that song got 
for them and everything. A bona fide, like, you know, hit single, like over over into the mainstream kind of thing. And, uh, you know, to hear a ska song, just a straight up ska song like that on the radio in 2018 and to now, you know, I mean, you know, being being such a uh, like like a big band now outside of just the scene, you know, they're not just this like I saw them in 2015 opening up for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones on a New Year's Eve. And, uh, you know, I mean, like like I always I always feel like there was hype around them within the scene because they're a great band. I mean, deservingly uh, always kind of have a hype around them. But like that. There's a difference between hype within the scene and then like actual like, you know, over over into radio and TV and like, you know, festivals and, you know, playing all these big tours and stuff. And uh, it's cool to see them just be embraced the way that they have been. So very, very cool. We got a new one talking about very, very cool. Joyce Manor with Gotta Let It Go. That is their new song off their upcoming record, 40 Ounces to Fresno. Now that one I am I am crazy anticipating. I love Joyce Manor. This song's really fucking good. I'll play this for you in a minute. But uh, I love the direction they're taking, and uh, it's kind of funny because I see a few people saying it sounded like kind of a return to form of like the older stuff, and I don't hear it. It's short, but I mean, so was you know the songs on Cody and Million Dollars to Kill Me. The songs are short too, so I don't I don't know about that. But musically, I didn't. I think it sounds more. I guess more of a progression towards the last two records, but again, like moving in a direction because it doesn't sound straight up like Cody or like a million dollars to kill me. It's in its own, it's in its own field, but you also, you know what I mean? I, I think once you hear it, if you haven't heard it yet, when I play it for you here in a second, like it doesn't sound like it comes off those two albums, but it sounds like it's a continuation from there. A band, a band who's progressing off those two records, if you will. But uh, I don't know that I hear on this one, like, a few people, I think, trying to be like the first one or two records, and I'm like, I don't really hear that, and not in a bad way. I'm I'm all about this, so I'm excited for that new record. I'll play this for you in a second. We got a new one from our friends, Hidden in Plain View, brand new single called Temper, their first new song since 2014 with their Animal EP, which was so so good, and uh, this this song was no exception. So damn good. I got to shout out Joe Rio, his voice. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's aged one day. His vocals sound, this song could have been like on, on Life and Dreaming. Like his vocals sound no different than they were back then. Um, they, I mean, the whole band sounds amazing on it. The whole, the whole song sounds really, really good. And uh, I don't, they haven't announced more yet, but I mean, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to get some more stuff from them. They are also playing Furnace Fest uh, in a couple months, which is very, very cool. Same with uh, Midtown, I believe, are also playing, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, I think they are. We talked, to, you know what, I think we talked about this last month on the uh, rundown, but yeah, Midtown and uh, Hidden Plain View are playing Furnace Fest this year, but uh, anyway, you know, I had Joe Rio on the show back in 2020, like weeks before the pandemic really started, and uh, he announced on here that the Hidden Plain View had some songs recorded and stuff, I don't think he said a full length, but I want to say he said they had like an EP's worth of songs, and he wasn't sure they were going to do with it yet, and he wasn't sure what uh, what was going on. But like what it sounded like is is they wanted to be able to play shows with it and stuff. Even back then, like remember, this is pre-pandemic. I mean, they were kind of talking about at that time just getting their lives all in the same, you know, place and being like, you know, if we'd be able to tour off of it or do this and that, play some shows and promote it. And uh I think they were holding off during the pandemic. And I that's why I think we might get again, this is me speculating, just one fan speculating. But going off my interview with Joe Rio two years ago. I the feeling I got about them with new music is they didn't just want to drop a song and then it be just, you know, forgotten about a month later. 
I think they want to be able to release some music, tour off of it, and be semi-active. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know we're going to get a Hidden in Plain View world tour, but all I'm saying is if they release this, I wouldn't be surprised if we got more music, you know, sometime in the near future, and also some shows. You know, if again, not a, maybe not a two-month van tour, but like I see them playing some shows, which would be very, very cool. I would, I'd absolutely love that. So, uh, really good song. I'm telling you, Temper, you got to hear this song. They, uh, it sounds amazing. And, uh, the stereo speaking of more, uh, you know, friends of the show and, you know, people like I, like I mentioned earlier who will be on later in uh, May, but the stereo just put out their third single off 13. I believe the last single since the album's coming out in two weeks, but uh truth or dare that is the single that is out now. And uh 13 will be out May 13th. I'm looking so forward to that it is three for three so far. There's not a bad song on this album. Not a bad song. I am, uh, I'm totally into it. And uh, Prince Daddy and the Hyena with a new one, their self-titled record. We got Bowling for Soup, their new record, Pop Drunk Snot Bread. And uh, that is out now. Very cool. I was actually, I guess I shouldn't say supposed to, but uh, I, I reached out. I want to interview Jarrett Reddick, the uh, singer of Bowling for Soup. Huge, huge fan. I've loved, I've loved Bowling for Soup since, I mean, 02, 03 would have been when I heard, uh, I mean, Girl All the Bell, just m- much like just about everyone else. I mean, hearing Girl All the Bad Guys Want. And then buying drunk enough, drunk enough to dance. I've uh, been a fan ever since, and uh, would love to have them on. And uh, I think they're about to go on tour again. They just got back from the UK tour, and I think they're going right back on tour. So I mean, they're extremely busy. So I mean, I just kind of shot a message out to uh, his publicist, like, you know, hey, do you think we could uh, maybe get, you know, get something worked out so I could have them on? And uh, he also just put out a brand new country record too, which I was listening to, which is pretty good actually, because it sounds like country music with Jarrett Reddick doing country music, and. Uh, and he he kind of gave me like like they they a last minute one was like yeah you know could we like do it then it was just not a time we couldn't we couldn't get the time matched up it was like literally like one day and uh, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back around I mean I said I'll 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 kind of reach back out in a uh, month or so so I mean no I I'm not gonna say he'll be on right away but I would I would say Jarrett will probably be on the show be uh you know sometime this summer. Which uh, I'd be very into. I I really and actually I'm already for it because when I thought it might happen, I wrote a shit ton of questions. Like it was like I I genuinely am excited and uh, want him on because it's like you know sometimes you sit down and really try to think of questions and uh, you know sometimes they just flow out of you. Sometimes you really got to kind of think for a minute, do some research. But <clears throat> with Jarrett, I mean I was I was like right away just I I thought of so many questions. Without having to think of much, without having doing research, just like oh, like just being a fan all these years, just uh, things I want to ask him. It's the same thing with Jean Beauvoir. I I wrote like I literally had like fifty questions for him. We didn't we didn't get to like half of them, and and you know because we were talking about so many different things. And I started going, you know, I I never want to stick just to that. You know, I write the questions, but I'm not I'm not married to that. If the conversation goes a certain way, I'll just you know we're going where the conversation goes. I want. I want the best interview possible. I don't give a shit if I don't hit every question that I had. But, um, yeah, I had, like, 50 questions for him just float. <laughs> like, just this one night I just sat there. I'm like, my God, like, I have this, 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 and this. And, uh, yeah, some people it's just that way. And uh, so, yeah, whenever I have Jared on, I feel like I had some pretty good questions for him. So, we, uh, maybe we'll have him on in the future. But, yeah, I just thought of that. He was, uh, yeah, almost happened yesterday, but we couldn't we couldn't get our times around. Like I was saying, that's what this whole episode's about. I, I've talked about that a few times now. Like, just there's so much with interviews where it's like, it's just, you know, you're trying to get schedules around. You know, you got, I got my shit going on. They have their shit going on, you know, or sometimes I already have an interview booked. They got an interview booked, whatever. 
But uh, that's another one that uh, definitely is on there is like someone I want on. I uh, I love Bowling for Soup. They uh, they introduced me to a lot of bands, and the music's great. Like I like I was listening to the new record, and it's like it's good pop punk, and they're fucking funny. Like that band has never taken themselves too seriously. Like they're they're just they're self aware. They're funny. Like and they're actually funny too. That's the other thing is like it's not it's not even like they're cheesy. It's like they're legitimately funny people. So it's like you listen to that stuff, and it's just you you can't not smile and laugh to those uh you know to those albums and stuff. And same with a live show. I mean they they stand as one of the greatest live shows you will ever see. Like for one, you'll know every single song. Like you'll go there and you'll I don't care if you're a big fan or not. Like just from hearing them on the radio and shit, you'll know every song they play. But just the stage banter, and I mean just everything about them. Like they they've really perfected their live show to a place of like, I mean, it really is one of the best live shows you can see. I don't, I don't care what music you like, as long as you like having a good time and like smiling, you're not going to find a better show than a Bowling for Soup show. But uh, moving on, we got a new one from Tim Kasher of Cursive. His new album is out now, Middling Age. And uh, Heart to Gold just put out their new record, Tom, which uh, we will we will open up the set right now of new music with, with their song, Tiger's Jaw. I'm really liking this. They're a, uh, they're a, a uh, Twin Cities band and uh, really good. I'd never heard them before this album and I, uh, I got to check out some more. I don't know how long they've been together, but uh, I, I really like this. Maybe you've heard them. If you haven't, you're about to now. So uh, off Heart to Gold's new record, Tom, this is Tiger's Jaw right here on the April 2022 rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast.
So I'm never in touch with the real world. Ego. It's a crude and limited conception of oneself. Who you think you are is entirely dependent on who people have told you you are. We've all got excuses. It all begins here. Sail away, oh sail away. Come again, another Sail away, sail away. Come.
on the April 2022 rundown of the Power Court Hour podcast. That was Joyce Manor with Gotta Let It Go off their upcoming record 40 Ounces to Fresno. Before that was Def Lingo from over in Italy. That was their song Summertime off their brand new record Lingonberry. And opening up that block of music was Twin Cities band Heart to Gold with their song Tiger's Jaw off their brand new record Tom. All right, we got a little music news for you, and then we'll be done with the episode. So let's get on into it, shall we? Recent guest of the show, Mikey Erg, just announced a brand new full band solo record. It'll be coming out on June 28th. It is Love at Leeds. He's going to be backed by Jeff Rosenstock, Alex Clute, and Lou Hanman. And uh, actually, Steve, Steve Albini is going to be producing it, which is uh, pretty damn rad. At first, I, I knew Jeff was... Uh, in the in his solo band on this one, but I also thought he produced it first, and then I saw later on it was not. It was Steve Albini doing it, and uh, this one will be out on Don Giovanni Records. Again, that'll be June 28th, brand new Mikey Erg full band album. I mean, he he's always busy, but like he's just full steam in 2022, I feel like. Um, I mean, with, with new, I mean, two new Ergs EPs, uh, releasing that Ergs Rarities, the Hindsight is 2020, uh, part two, uh, that was already out, but putting it out on vinyl, doing this. He's been touring with the Warriors. He, uh, I mean, a bunch of other bands too. I know Lou, who uh, is in his his solo band. I think he was playing drums in her band. She uh, she also has a band, and he was playing in that. Like he's he's played in so many damn. I I know recently actually he was playing with Jeff Rosenstock live for uh, something I believe over in the UK. Like that man doesn't stop. Like Mikey Erg just doesn't stop. There's there's never. There's never a time when he's not doing something, but I, I really do though feel like 2022 is even more nuts. But I mean, it, and again, with that said, he's like releasing something every year. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, anything Mike Yerg puts out, it's probably going to be good. It's just that's just how it is. That's that's what Mike Yerg does. He just writes really catchy, really good music. You know, I mean, one of the best, one of the best senses for, I would say, like melody within uh, punk rock. I mean, one of the, one of the best who really understands it. You know, he's just, he's like a student of music, which I think is so important. I think the best ones, like, you know, because obviously I feel like pop punk is his like bread and butter, but it's like that dude like listens, like what you get and what makes him so good is the fact that it's not, that's not the only thing he listens to. You know what I mean? Like he's well versed in pop punk and the history of and all that. But, I mean, that guy listens to so many things that are so far away from pop punk and punk rock. And uh, I think it, I think that's what makes him so good is understanding all of that. You know, I mean, I, th- I think if you, you stay too narrow-minded on something, you're just going to sound like everyone else. And I, I think that's why everybody uses him, why he's in so many bands and stuff, because he doesn't sound like everyone else. He's Mikey fucking Erg. You know, there's not another Mikey Erg. There's just that one. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that record. That should be good. They'll be out uh, in June, very end of June, and hopefully he will. Uh, hopefully he'll tour off that. That'd be cool. I mean, I'm assuming he will. He tours. Uh, he's touring a bunch, anyways. But uh, actually, moving on and still having to do with Mikey Erg, uh, this one is really cool. The Bouncing Souls announced their 2022 Stoked for the Summer show. It'll be going on Saturday, July 15th up in uh, Asbury Park at the Stone Pony Summer Stage, which actually I believe that is where I saw, I think it was the Stone Pony uh, Summer Stage that I saw the Fat Records uh, 25-year anniversary tour back in 2015. I believe, yeah, it, it was. Okay, no, it definitely was. And it was in Asbury Park, but it was. It was at the Stone Pony Summer Stage. I've still never seen a, a show in the Stone Pony, but I did get to see that at the uh, Summer Stage, which is just basically... 
outside in the parking lot. But a uh, really, really good lineup. Obviously, the Bouncing Souls will be playing, but playing with them, Joyce Manor, who we just played a minute ago, Hot Water Music, who we played, I believe, last month on the rundown, because they just put out a new record, and uh, The Ergs. So that is, I mean, Bouncing Souls, Joyce Manor, Hot Water Music, and The Ergs, that is... For me, that's a drivable, that's a lineup worth driving for. There's a very good chance I end up there. Because any excuse to, I love Asbury Park. It is, it is like my favorite place in New Jersey. And uh, any any reason to like go to the boardwalk and like catch a punk show and go to like the pinball museum and then go over to Bagel Masters and get the best goddamn bagels in all of New Jersey. Uh, you know, And now I'm going to shed a tear because the next thing I'm going to is going to be and hit up Vintage Vinyl. But... That is no longer a thing, and that is very goddamn sad. But it still would be worth driving up and uh, seeing that. I mean, that's a that's just such a good show. And the Bouncing Souls, like, props to them because I feel like I feel like that's a band for one. They've been together forever, and it's like I think they're really like good with lineups. And so they're a band who I go see. Like, I think every time I go see them, like on a headlining tour, I always love the opening bands because they always pick good ones, and it's never just like. You know, like a band after a while, you might just start bringing out the same bands who are like, you know, the ones you came up with or like, you know, just the people you play with all the time. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're, you know, there's, and I'm not even talking shit, but I mean, there's, you know, if you, if you're a fat band from the nineties, a lot of times if you're going out on tour, you can bring other fat bands from the nineties. That's just, and, it, and again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, a lot of people want that. I want that a lot of times. I'm still waiting for the drive through Records fucking, you know, Invasion Tour 2022. Like, but the thing I like about the Bouncing Souls is they kind of mix it up because, like, Joyce Manor, Hot Water Music, and the Ergs are all bands that I think if you like the Bouncing Souls, you'll probably like. But they're not just straight up, you know, just the, you know, also the bands they came up touring with. You know, I mean, including, like, Joyce Manor's only been around for, like, not just around, but, you know, over a decade now, but I mean, really seriously about a decade. And, uh, you know, it's not like a new band, but still not in, not in like the same generation as bouncing souls. And even the ergs really, I mean, the ergs were, you know, years later and, uh, hot water music, I guess is a little closer to that. I'm sure, I'm sure the bouncing souls and hot water music towards some back in the nineties and throughout the years. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That was a really, uh, I was happy about that announcement. You know I mean? I know they, I know they do that. That's an annual uh, summer fest for them, but uh, they always pick good bands. And again, I feel like they they like mix it up enough, but they mix it up in a way where you're still gonna like the bands. It's not a thing where they mix it up so much, but it's like something that you're not gonna give a shit about. You know what I mean? Because it's like so left field or so different from them. You know, I mean, it's different, but not not trying to be too crazy different where it doesn't make sense. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And look at, I am weaving all these things, you know, that Mikey Erg album into the Ergs playing with Bouncing Souls. Here's another one uh, having to do with the Bouncing Souls. Beach Rats. It is a amazing, amazing super group. If you've never heard of them. Ari Cats of Lifetime. Danny Windows of Let It Burn. Brian Baker of Minor Threat. Bad Religion and a million other bands. And then also in the band rounding it out from the Bouncing Souls is Brian Kynlin and Pete Steinkopf. So you got you got a good chunk of the Bouncing Souls in this super group. But uh, they just announced a brand new record coming out July 29th on Epitaph Records. It's going to be called Rap Beat. And uh, they just put out a music video with the title track Rap Beat that you can go check out on their YouTube page. And uh, they did put something else out back in uh, 2018. And I forgot about that. I think I heard it when it came out. But uh, Beach Rats, they did an EP called Wasting Time. 
But uh, yeah, it was like four years ago. But they're back. I mean, what a... I mean, Lifetime, Let It Burn, Bouncing Souls, and Minor Threat all in one band is uh, is pretty damn cool. Plus Ari of uh, Lifetime. Anytime you really get to hear him sing, it, like, you know, no matter what band, it's like, I, I love his voice. It just works so well with, like, fast, aggressive punk rock. Like, that that dude is just, he was born to, you know, to play that kind of music. His, uh, his voice is just made for it. It's, uh, I... I God damn, it's just making me think of how much I love Lifetime. Including, like, Jersey's Best... I know all the records, but, like, Jersey's Best Dancers is, like... I mean, nonstop. I remember when I was in college just listening to that. Like, any time I would go to the library or uh, the computer lab just to work on stuff. Like, that is so many times what I would, like, just throw on the headphones, like, right away. Like, you know, there there were a couple years of my life where I probably listened to that record at least five times a week. Like, I don't don't think... uh, and that might even be an utter underestimating it. It might be. It might be more. But uh, yeah, they are. All, I mean, all those bands are so goddamn good. That's a that's a band full of legends, honestly, and a lot of New Jersey legends. Actually, I think all of those guys. Yeah, are all uh, those are all New Jersey guys. Really, they, they there's something about that about that state. I mean, I know I know we've done we've talked about it ad nauseum. We've done whole episodes on it, but New Jersey, like. I mean, like New York, we have the Ramones and, you know, I mean, all those other like New York CBGB punk bands and stuff. But I mean, if we're talking volume, I think New Jersey might have New York beat for the amount of amazing bands and artists who have come from it. You know, I mean, yes, bands moved to New York, artists moved to New York, but how many of them were originally from New Jersey? Like, I I feel like so much of it comes from New Jersey. And I mean, even just though that tri-state area of you know, like New Jersey, like, you know, around New York City, and then also Pennsylvania around, like, the Philadelphia area. I mean, that's another one. There's so many, like, current day, I feel like Scranton and Philly, so many good, like, pop, punk, emo, like, whatever bands come from there. I mean, Menzingers being the number one, Tiger's Jaw being in there. I mean, like, there's so many that just, and for a while now, too, Will Yip, I mean, who produces and engineers all these fucking records now. I mean, he is, uh, I believe, based over near Philadelphia too. I mean, all these. There's so many records that have been, uh, you know, just worked on and recorded even just in that area. Even bands who aren't from there. But uh, yeah, I mean, there is something special about that. Uh, that that like part. Again, I guess that tri-state area. I mean, New Jersey too. But I mean, it's not to say that like New York City and Philly and and all that don't also you know just have like some of the best stuff you've ever heard. You know. But again, New York City, and I'll say New I mean, I, I'm on the other side of New York State, but I'm going to say New York State so I can also take credit for the Ramones. And, uh, you know, we got the Ramones, motherfucker, but New Jersey has, with volume, I would say if we sat here and made a list, more great artists came from New Jersey than New York. But again, I'm just going to keep saying Ramones. I'm just going to, th- that's the answer to that. I don't, I don't care how many good uh, artists come from New Jersey. Ramones. Ramones, Ramones, uh, you know, the Ramones are the greatest. You can't, you can't really beat that. I, I, I don't know what you'd beat that with, but, uh, yeah, that is going to be the episode. I would say that is your April, 2022 rundown of the power cord hour podcast. If you want to follow us, that'd be so rad of you. We are at power cord hour on YouTube, on Twitter. I can't, you can't really follow us on YouTube, but subscribe to our YouTube page. Go follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. We're all over there. Subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast wherever you're listening to this right now. 
Uh, you can go all around, even if it's not there. Go to the other places where you're not listening to this. Subscribe, rate, and review there if you would. It'd be rad of you. Uh, we got Power Chord Hour stickers. I'd love to send you some. Hit me up, powercordhour at gmail.com. Uh, you know, just shoot me, shoot me a message, and I'll send you some uh, stickers out. Got a whole bunch of them. And, uh, yeah, what else? Oh, radio show again. If you want to hear me play four hours of Alkaline Trio this Friday night on the radio show or just listen every Friday night, we got new radio shows for you of the Power Chord Hour. 8 to midnight Eastern on 107.9 WRFA, where it all began. We've been a radio show much longer than we've been a podcast. So tune on into that, 107.9 WRFA, or listen online at WRFALP.com. And, uh, yeah, what will we, you know, I won't tell you who who we will be back with next week because it's either going to be Dylan Flynn or Tony from Fastball, and I don't know off the top of my head. I have it down. I think it will be Dylan. I'm pretty sure I told Dylan it will be next week. But if it's not Dylan, it's Tony from Fastball. And if it's not Tony from Fastball, it's Dylan from Past the Base. And uh, and actually, too, while you're uh, you know while you're at it, go check out the Bass uh, <laughs> the Bass the Past the Base campaign. Really amazing stuff. Dylan Flynn is doing some really cool stuff. I believe he's going to be in Bass Player Magazine actually coming up, which is really really cool. That is that is insane. So we'll talk about that with him as well. But uh, great to have him back after five years. And uh, and there are some other stories. I know Alternative Press did a story with him. I don't even think that long after I interviewed him back in like 2017. And uh, yeah, just there's a bunch of stuff out there. So look up past the base. And also go check out Fastball's new EP soundtrack. Really, really good stuff. I'm uh, looking forward to talking to Tony all about it. And just kind of picking his brain about music and recording and all that. But until then, for the Power Court Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.